Hello. Hey. So I got a a book, Zen Mind or Zen what's it called? Zen Mind Beginner's Mind. Right. And uh I got it because Tom York said it was a good book on a on a radio show that I listened to a few weeks back. I've heard the title before. I I don't know who who has written it. I think it's supposed to be good for if you're into that. But I didn't know anything about it. I only got it because Tom York mentioned it. And I just started reading it yesterday. So the first chapter is about, it's basically uh, an introduction to Zen. That's my understanding of it. And it's beginner's mind is saying how you should approach things with a beginner's mind versus an expert's mind. And a beginner's mind, you're open to everything. You know, you're kind of, the opportunities are new and you're kind of, but an expert's mind, it's, it's very narrowed. Kind of flies in the face a little bit about what we talk about with the 80-20 and stuff. It's, well, it's, it's not flying in the face, but I suppose it's the opposite end of it. But anyway, it, it's, you, it's saying that the most important thing when you're approaching Zen is to have a beginner's mind f- for the whole time. Mm-hmm. But the first chapter is uh, called Posture. It's actually, I was thinking this could be some relatable stuff for jujitsu, but the first chapter is Posture. And it t- tells you how to sit in, and I, I believe, and I'm, I'm sure there's uh, Zen Buddhist uh, cringe in hearing me talk here now, but it tells you how to sit in Zazen when you're practicing Zen. But the, fir- the, fir- the first way to sit is in full lotus. And I, I basically okay. tried to get into full lotus. And this is chapter one. <laughs> And I can't, I can't even come close to it. Oh, there's not a hope, man. So people would be 10 years trying to get into a full lotus. <laughs> but I can't get half lotus. I can't get quarter lotus. I can't even talk about lotus. <sighs> I'm, I'm a bad version of like the easy pose. Do you know, with the cross legs. Mm. So I don't know if I've, is that it? Zen mind, beginner's mind, you just can't just stop. Like, I don't know, do I read the second chapter? Or I should read I it. Know. My understanding of Zen is they are pretty hardcore and... Uh, pretty regimental around these things but I mean look if you can't get into it you can't get into it <laughs> so, but is that it but then I was thinking with jujitsu am I not supposed to be more mobile in my hips than the standard population or am I less am I getting less mobile because of all the hip movement I'm doing it should be more mobile I should be more flexible but I'm not I need to do more stretching in my hips well how much stretching in your hips do you do none well then you're going to be very <laughs> unmobile like I do quite a bit, and I'm still terribly tight in my hips. Can you can you do a half lotus? I could do a fairly clean kind of easy sit with my two legs kind of tucked under me, but it's not even a half lotus. The issue I have is I've got weird bony. <laughs> should reveal this. I've got weird bony feet. I've got like a small. I'm sure. You know, a lot of people do, but on the edge of my foot, I have like a bone that juts out a tiny bit. So it's really sore for me to rest it on unless I have a lot of padding. Uh, that a bunion, is that what you're saying? No, it's just a proper, like it's, it's the structure of my foot. It's been like that forever. I feel like this has changed into Mark's body podcast. It was Swell Bell last week and now it's Bunions this week. Swell Bell. <laughs> I can't even remember talking about Swell Bell. Was in a bad place. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I'm trying my best. So the posture, I'm trying my best to to sit in this narrow corner of the room with spilled coffee around me, holding a posture. Oh yeah, yeah, but, practicing. Uh, Is that what you're saying? You're yeah, getting, I'm. Yeah, it'd be developing. good for closed guard. Be good for closed guard. Just sitting like that, I do find um, has opened up my hips a lot. Just sitting in meditation or whatever is. But it sounds like, like I, that's a lot to do with it, isn't it? Zazen is, is the just all you need to do is sit in this posture and that is in itself enough. And doing that right, if you can do yeah. that and burst through the pain and whatnot, that's, that's you're enlightened then, yeah? <laughs> I don't know. I like from, from I'm, you know, Zen is much deeper and richer and, and that I'm about to give it credit for, but uh, I don't find it particularly interesting as a, as a methodology, right? It's just like kind of just let whatever happens, happens. And 
and then you know wrestle with some sort of cone for 10 years and eventually you come to some sort of awakening i'm sure it works for some people but i remember reading leonard cohen's book and he did it jesus did he do 10 years in the mountain with roshi in somewhere in the states or somewhere and um came down off the mountain and the first poem he wrote he 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 wrote was uh so uh what was all that about <laughs> and never went back to zen again <laughs> it's like all right thanks leonard we just uh skip the old zen thing i do think like there's a shinzen young who i value a lot as a meditation teacher his kind of his basis is in zen but he doesn't teach zen you know and he's moved away from it for for reason and i I remember hearing him talk about that where like he was actually forced physically forced into lotus position you know by other monks or whatever and he said it was absolutely grueling but eventually, I suppose he got used to it. Forced into the lotus. <clears throat> the way to do the old, uh, the knees in. Big time. I've talked to meditators who've done severe damage to their knees, and that's not even from that kind of thing. That's just from sitting. Why can't you just sit in a chair? You can. Well, in some traditions. Right. There is advantages to sitting in that posture. Like once you get even that sh- kind of shitty whatever I do, which is not a lotus or even a half lotus, you definitely have a kind of erectness in the spine that's valuable. And I don't know, there's a sense of stability. And I think there's, there's a logic to the posture over and above just forcing you into some uncomfortable position. But Right. Very good. So what do we talk about today? So we're getting around to our question and answers. We compiled a few questions and compiled a few answers and hopefully have something to say in response to some of the questions that have been asked of of us. We uh, picked a few that we think maybe will work well together and probably constitute a full show. Right. How do you want to do this? Do I read you the question? And you give the answer? uh, well, I have them written out here and response to them are, you know, some, some sort of sketch. But I think any of the sketches will entail a conversation. So if, no, if nothing else, I'd clap at the end. I'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. be the audience. All right, go on. Let's get stuck in. What's the first so question? The first question came from Rob and Rob trains a bit of jujitsu and Rob was interested in knowing... Now, we're probably going to answer, or I'm going to answer with jiu-jitsu specifics here, but I'm not pretending to be a jiu-jitsu coach or anything like that. But inevitably, I kind of have to talk about it in order to uh, respond to these questions. So he asked kind of one question that could be broken to three, and he said, what would be a good way of finding what you should focus on in terms of deliberate practice? Is it better to focus on dealing with issues, I suppose, uh, you know, things you're struggling with or focus on strengths and how gran- granular should you go? So I thought we could divide this into three that you know, each follows from the previous. Um, so what's a good way of finding out what you should focus on? I think the key here is, well, first thing to have in mind is what's the outcome, right? If you're a amateur and you're just playing doing something for fun, it might be very, very different than if you're competitive. And only when you have that in mind, right, can you start to distill some set of behaviors. But we're going to presume that for the for this case, that it's, it's fair, you know, an amateur thing, the same as ourselves. Maybe we like to take it a little bit seriously, but it's not anything too stringent. So we're going to presume that Rob just wants to kind of level up right across the board. And he's wondering, you know, what do I focus on? How do I know that I'm focused on the right things and so on? So I think the thing to keep in mind is that, you know, certain skills have kind of broader applicability than, than other skills. Right. And, and sometimes we tend to refer to 
these kinds of understandings in terms of principles, right? If there's a principle, we're really just describing something that applies to a lot of skills. And we've abstracted from that set of skills and said, okay, here's like this one kind of idea or concept or principle that applies across all of those skills. So if you're thinking about like, where do I start when I'm learning anything? I think a good place to, to always start is, you know, having a, a sense of those basic, very broad, applicable things because you get more value on your input, right? You get greater return on your investment. Now, what we did before was we kind of broke down some set of skills and principles and so on, and we entered into the all of them into the ISM. You remember the piece of software we were using? And we yeah. kind of produced this matrix, and then we said, okay, if you push this, this is the first domino, and it has this consequence all down the line. Now, if you don't have a, you know, you don't have access to the ISM, you can, you know, do more intuitive things, I guess, will be the point. And I thought it'd be helpful to think through other examples, right, where we're also doing this kind of process of distillation into kind of principles and then maybe carry back some of the insights from that back into jujitsu. So language learning, I think, is actually quite similar to jujitsu. And therein you can kind of see, right, if you don't have a sense of the basic grammar, you're going to have a very hard time constructing sentences, right, with any degree of intelligibility. And of course, you could just learn it kind of piece by piece and piece it together without any real grasp of any sort of principles or any sort of, say, grasp of the grammar. That's kind of what we do in our mother tongue, right? We just learn language in our mother tongue a bit like most of us learn jujitsu, right? Which is just going in there technique-based. We're just learning this and this. Eventually, we kind of piece together. We don't really know that we, we can't really articulate the grammar and certainly that's true in, in English-speaking world. I think we're very poor at understanding the grammar. But we know it when we hear it and we know how to apply it. We're, we have the kind of skill embodied. But if you want to expedite the learning process, right, and you want, or you want to, say, teach it to someone else, or you simply want to understand it with some sort of depth or clarity, you know, getting the fundamentals, getting the actual grammar in the language is going to be key, right? So focusing on principles right we can think about the principles in terms of the grammar right the structure that other things hang off is going to be your highest kind of leverage activity you could engage and then you could talk about right the fundamentals and then you could talk about your game right and then you could talk about the finer details so if we're thinking about the grammar of jujitsu i mean what would be the grammar within jujitsu well, you know, there's places to go. People like Rob Bernanke talk a lot about the principles or John Danner talks a lot about a principle-based approach or even St- Stephen Kesting, right, where he is that hierarchy of moves. All of these things are very basic and fundamental and apply across a, a broad range of situations. So my sense is, right, if you don't have them in place, you're actually lacking further down the line anyway, right? And there's no point in learning barambolas, right, if you don't have a good sense of base posture structure and alignment. Well, there is a point, right? But if you're thinking about where where should the deliberate practice go? Now, how do you kind of discern what it is specifically that you need to work on? Well, I think, you know, look at some of those resources, see what they're talking about, ask yourself, okay, how well do I understand all of these, and then just build a little curriculum of study for yourself and work that in. So if you don't know base posture structure and have a good sense of that, well, that's a good place to start and start thinking about how that applies. And, you know, you can build just a, a, a familiarity with the language and so on. And then you have a sense of how that kind of plays out across all those various situations because it's applicable everywhere, right? Now, if you have a sense of the... Right, you do, you've done your deliberate practice and you have a good sense of some of the basic principles. Okay, then it's fundamentals. Have you a good sense of the fundamental positions? Once you have a good sense of that, my next kind of bet for a good place to enter and start doing your deliberate practice is getting your game in order. And we, 
talk a bit more about that in a second, but I think, you know, for the expedition of the learning process, that serves as a really, really good scaffolding. Uh, as I said, I'll talk about that in a second a bit more. And then, you know, when you keep returning to, the, to that over and over and over and over and over again, the finer details are just emerging in the process. Yeah. Yep. Anything you'd like to add to that in terms of like, No, so just read out his question again. So what would be a good way of finding what you should focus on in terms of deliberate practice? Yeah, okay. So the answer to that is, you know, how, how well versed are you in, in, in the principles and the grammar? Right. You know, like you say, if, if and I don't think there's many people that will argue around alignment and base posture and structure being fundamental to jujitsu. I, I, I can't see an argument against that, that it might have different, uh, it might be articulated differently, but it's, it's along the same lines, depending on the teacher, I suppose, but it's all kind of coming from the same, same place. So, right. but you would think like, you know, yeah. So, right. Just giving my own example. Right. So if I ask that same question, you know, all right, I, I do know base posture structure. Yeah. So, so does that mean then I, 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 I can now double down on, on, on something more specific in my, in my case? Okay. So that's what I was saying, right? If you have the base posture, now again, I'm not a jiu-jitsu coach, but if you're taking this kind of, you know, distillation of any kind of domain, maybe there's some sort of uh, transferable features. The, if you take the basic grammar and you have a sense of that, and then you have a sense of the fundamental positions and a couple of moves from each place, right? So you're not adrift in any one of them. And you have both of those things down. Well, my my next bet is, okay, you want to get your game right. All right, and, okay, yeah. You know, that's kind of where we ended up. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think like this there's a, re- then, kind of reciprocal yeah. relationships between all these, right? The more you develop your game, you know, you, you continue your your deepening of your understanding of the kind of fundamental principles and so on. But, you know, unless you have some sense of the fundamentals and unless you have some sense of the basic grammar in terms of the principles, um, it's just like, okay, how do I expedite this learning process? How do I make it as efficient as possible? Mm -hmm. And therefore, in a sense, how do I make it as enjoyable as possible, right? If, If I have a strategy with which I approach my learning, I actually get a better response from my learning and you know the feedback is more positive in terms of my success as a learner mm-hmm. and that all kind of feeds back into a positive experience of learning and i think the uh the, some of the terminology them guys use is just like you know jujitsu is a game of alignment you know i'm trying to stay in alignment as long as possible uh whilst breaking my opponent's alignment and by alignment it means base posture and structure you know is my base intact is my posture good uh, is my structure good all the while trying to disrupt my opponent's base posture and structure and obviously leading to submission and doing all that right and once yeah. you have that vocabulary in a sense of how that works and and plays out in in the actual real world it actually distills a lot of information for you right you you have a kind of pattern recognition ability that has encapsulated a lot of complexity and made it simple, right? You know, the simplexity, like we talked about a long time ago, it's kind of like people work to figure out these principles and realize, oh, actually these things apply in so many positions and there's a simple way to talk about it. So it really is that kind of simplicity on the other side of complexity. So that's the opposite of Leonard Cohen done, you know, it spend the 10 years on it, come off the hill and crack a shit. Versus these guys have you know spent the time on it and said, well, this actually this is right. Well, maybe that was maybe that was the exact right answer Leonard Cohen gave. <laughs> like, what's any of it about? Who knows? I, um, it's good. I was thinking I had an example there. Maybe I'll just drop it in that you know I did yoga for probably about ten years and only in the last, but not not consistently now or anything. But only in the last few months. So the, uh, the humble brag there was it. No, because I'm shocking bad if you saw me doing yoga. You'd say that was 10 years poorly spent. What was all that about? (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, only in the last kind of like few months and only really in the last month 
I've really appreciated the role of the breath. And I'm like, now, now that I appreciate it, it's like yoga's, <laughs> yoga's like 60, 70% about the breath. Well, what was I doing all along, you know? Mm. And a sense of, well, had I really appreciated that a long, long time ago, every practice session I would have done would have been more valuable in some yeah. sense. And, and that's the thing I kind yeah, of missed yeah, out, yeah. right? Because yeah. I didn't have that very simple realization. Not much said in jujitsu about the breath. Everyone knows that the breath controls your breathing, but surprising, like, you know, in the way that breath is so dominant in yoga practices or any kind of meditative practice, that it's it's not like uh, hammered home yeah. more in jujitsu. It's 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 talked about and you know, control your breathing, but that's kind of that's all that's all it gets. Right. You know? And I, my my own my own sense is like the the extent to which we control our breath in jujitsu is not really a, f- a function of explicitly practicing it. You know, it's like most of us don't go in and say, okay, for the next month, I'm really focusing on the breath. You know, we're just no. kind of like realize, okay, I can breathe a bit deep, more deeply here than I thought I could kind of thing. Or yeah. You know, yeah. I don't have to panic as much. And maybe it's not even that we were focusing on the breath. It's just, we realize we don't have to panic and you know, the yeah. breath. But it is always a good joy. It is always a good gauge, isn't it? I know one of my coaches talks about it. It's like uh, you, you could judge, you generally judge where you are in a jiu-jitsu fight just in um, how, your, how your breath is going versus your opponent's breath. You know, that's, it, that's almost telling you who's winning the fight, isn't it? If you, if you get your, your breath per minute and if you knew nothing else, if you didn't see the match and you heard both, both breaths, you'd know who's winning the match. That's an interesting point. It'd be, uh, I'm sure it wouldn't be impossible to get data on that either. Well, you know, it's you have this kind of sense of it, don't you? If, if you if you're defending and you hear your opponent's breath just been like, you know, faster than yours, you yeah. know that I just have to wait this out. This fella's this fella's in trouble here. I'm totally calm. I'm I'm totally zen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, something I think. Yeah, when we get back. If we get back, when we get back, spend a bit of time on. So you could crack just to go to the first class and go, right, lads, uh, today no rolling, we're just going to breathe. There'll be slaps thrown. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, possibly. Uh, Right, we could probably spend the whole day on this question, but I suppose, you know, then we'll have to do 20 more episodes on other questions. So (laughs) uh, maybe I, I actually think we, you know, pick, pick, Pick one question that we can uh, get stuck into here and maybe we'll do another episode because you're not going to cover three or four here today. It's just uh, pick a couple of good ones that we'll go down. How much time have we, say? We probably don't have that much time left, do we not? Uh, no, no. Come on, go on. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely do another one. Because like, there's another see. two parts of Rob's question. <laughs> All right, let's, just, let's just stick with his question then and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Knock a few episodes out of it. Okay. <laughs> so, so second part, we should say like this, you know, hopefully this, you know, the, the, the awareness is that this doesn't just apply to jujitsu. You know, any domain of learning can be similarly broken down. So just, yeah. just to go, to use the example of language learning again, I know Tim Ferriss is, you know, this is quite Tim Ferriss-y kind of, tactics in a way and uh i remember he had something very helpful when for when i was trying to learn spanish and it was like eight sentences which if you just kind of learn by heart you basically distilled all the basic grammar of spanish right so it had all the tenses and you know everything was kind of built into these eight sentences and i was like okay drill these you know and then you kind of get a map you get a portal onto this wider yeah. space, but you know, that's your access to it. It's like, it's like yeah. If you just like get a handle on this. Well, that's, I suppose, that, and that kind of brings you back to your jujitsu, your fundamentals. That's why you'll do shrimps, you'll do bridges, you'll do, you know, uh, maybe, well, I always think forward rolls is a funny one because it's not often that you actually forward roll. <laughs> I've never, never done a forward roll. <laughs> yeah, you've never been dragged. <laughs> Handy to know, I suppose, to protect your head. But uh, definitely shrimps, shrimps, and, shrimps and bridging uh, is, uh, is, your, is your, your grammar. All right, yeah. go on. What was okay, the, second the second part, part of the question? Should I focus on dealing with 
problems or focus on my strengths? I think this is kind of related to the last one, but so I think it depends really on the nature of the issues, right? If they're akin to not using the proper breathing in, in yoga, you know, if they're issues concerning the fundamentals, you should definitely be focusing on those issues. And your strengths should function as a kind of more general orientation in that at that point or that case where you're you know we did it before where we took the various positions or techniques and asked okay where do i rank on this you know in terms of my ability and i think doing something like that you can do we have that up in the instagram we have it somewhere you know where it says okay if i'm a one on this i am yeah 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 basically terrible if i'm a 10 i could teach it to marcelo garcia yeah that's on the instagram yeah you know so if you're if you're looking at the fundamentals and or the principles or whatever and you're you know pretty much a one or two or three on those i mean you should definitely be addressing those because there's such gaping holes in your game that they can be exploited right and anything like that in the situation of a combat sport is an opportunity for your opponent to exploited if it if it if it does exist my feeling though is that you know should you be focusing on dealing with issues or focusing on dealing you know developing your strengths like in some sense right your strengths point towards the possibility for a kind of more general route or trajectory through a particular domain right so in jujitsu like you'll start to notice, okay, I seem to be just kind of spontaneously good at this thing and this thing works with this other thing that I'm kind of okay at. And, you know, what starts to emerge, I think, over time is this like little network of things that you seem to be good at, right? And there's a kind of stickiness to them. You know, there's a stickiness insofar as you keep you keep falling into them in a sense, right? The affordances for them are just available, right? You just see the opportunities to enact them in ways that other things don't. And I think you should really pay attention to them, right? Because they suggest not only things that you kind of have a kind of natural proclivity for, but the likelihood is that they're actually working, right? Because in some sense, the feedback you're getting is positive in relationship to these things because they're actually working well for you. And I think in some sense you ignore them at your peril, right? If, if, if they are working and you just start to ignore them and keep exploring elsewhere, I guess this is true of a certain point in your game, but maybe it's true of my game at present. And that's why I feel it's relevant, but the, this, this, this sense of opportunity to deepen them and thus expand your strengths seems to be, you know, available there. So to use analogy, I guess what I'm saying is if you look for that kind of network of integrated strengths, I think this is actually becomes a very good way well, I, all right, give me, a, I have the same example, right? So I have the same question that he asked. So for me, right, I'm poor at mount escapes, but I want to continue my path into the arm triangles game. So do I spend, do I spend the time on the arm triangles and becoming an expert or do I deal with the mount escapes? That's kind of the same question. And because mount escapes is a basic fundamental thing. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, well, you're going to need to be uh, good at maintaining a mount in order to get the arm triangles. So it seems like an obvious, a logical relationship there, right? You know, one follows from the other. You can't really get good at... Or mount escapes. You're defending mount escapes, right? That's what you're saying. You want to get better no, at I'm defending no good at escaping. No, no, I'm no good at escaping mount. Okay, so th- those two things aren't as closely related then, right? You could no. be... So which do you focus on? My sense is you're going to end up in, again, I'm not a jiu-jitsu coach, right? but you're going to end up at both of those positions and you can develop both of those things at the same time in a way, right? They're not like, in a sense, they're not, you could pick either of them. It's kind of arbitrary, but 
Well, that said, I mean, you want to be out of mount more so than you want to be getting arm triangles. Yeah, so focus on the defense first. This is a fundamental aspect to the mount escape. But it's, so I should be focusing on mount escapes instead of going down this arm triangle rabbit hole. I well, should if, know. If I, should, I should be good at. You should be good at able to escape the mount. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> if one is like okay, if they're a trade off, <laughs> if you're if it's trade off between the two, and, and well, well they're a trade off in time, aren't they? Like you, you always you can only do one thing at a time, and I suppose yeah. that's maybe two questions. Like, what should I be doing? I only can I can only spend my time so many different places, and it probably yeah. goes back to your original point. Well, look at it. This is a basic thing. You know, if the issues are basic related, you need to sort that out. If he's got an issue with, you know, the, you know, I don't know, the, the Baron Bolo, like you said, the Baron Bolo, I'm, I'm, I'm losing a grip on the Baron Bolo. It's like, well, it's probably not that big of a deal. Like, you know, but if your issue is you can't hold mount or can't escape mount, you know, that's, that's deal with that first, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Probably, probably it's, the, it's the nature of, it's the nature of, uh, the issues you have, you know, and, and where they lie on the the spectrum, yeah, uh, versus what you're trying to double down on. Then, exactly, yeah, yeah. I think that's, and you know, that's going to be true regardless, right? If if I'm a, trying to be a writer or something, and you know, I'm just my and, basic gra- grammar's <laughs> off, and I, you know, don't really understand how to structure paragraphs. Yet I'm out there trying to you know, develop my kind of modifying phrases, my skills in modifying phrases and and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Well, you know, you probably should go back and look at how to structure a paragraph before you... I, I was thinking about this maybe a little bit differently and I'll just throw it out there and see what you think. And again, I'm probably talking to myself in this conversation a bit. And I'm maybe a bit... I've got a bit obsessed about, like, like getting a game just because I'm, I'm seeing the value in it and I, and I don't mean that just in terms of jujitsu either right you could have a kind of game anywhere but I was thinking about the analogy here between language again right so if you think about the level of integration in a game which is a game right if, if you think about striving for a level of integration in your game or excuse me if you think about striving of le- for a level of integration in your set of techniques, which we will call a game. Like, yeah. what is that the equivalent of in 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 language, if there is an equivalent? And I was thinking about, like, the place to get in language, in learning a language, which is like the first fundamental. Well, maybe not the first, but the most consequential hurdle is to get conversational. Because right, once you get like basically conversational in a language, the whole mm. thing opens up in a radically different way. Yeah. Right. So like you could think about getting conversational as a bit like so you're 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 like swimming in the surf, right? And you're getting pushed back all the time and the breakers are just washing over you. And you're just easily you could just end up there right you just get knocked around for so long you don't really get the principles you don't really get the fundamentals you don't really start putting things together and you just stay in the surf and you think that's what learning a language is about right just not really appreciating what's going on and you're kind of getting knocked about but if you make that commitment right and you say okay i'm going to take a straight line here and i'm going to surf out past all these breakers right and it might be tough for a while but it's it's going to be worth it and you just start fucking head down, ears back, you know, I'm getting past this surf. And you just, right, paddle out, paddle out, paddle out. Eventually you get past the breakers, right, because you've made that commitment to a a particular line. And once you get past the breakers, right, now you're out in this open ocean. And it doesn't really matter how treacherous the waves were on the shore or how heavy the breakers were. Now you have, like, you can sit up on your board, you can look around, you can kind of take it take it in and you can be a bit choosy and i think like getting conversational language is like that right it's like you're getting knocked about you're getting fucking thrown around you don't know what's happening you don't really know where your issues are you don't really know where your strengths are but eventually like things start to kind of cohere and then you get this kind of network and all of a sudden you're at that level where your basic conversational 
And from there, it's a bit like sitting up in the surfboard and looking around and say, okay, now I know, okay, I have this issue and I know that I'm good at this. And I know how all these things kind of work together, right? I know, okay, maybe I don't have the the necessary vocabulary in this domain, but my vocabulary is good over here and so on. Mm. And I think like getting that level of integration in PJJ, we think about it in terms of a game, but, you know, in academic work or something could be just like a grasp of a particular domain or a particular uh, subject and the literature in that subject, you know, and, and finding the fluency in the language to be able to kind of piece it together and, you know, pull it apart. Mm. And I think that then provides the basis. Like, think about like how much progress you can make as soon as you get conversational in a language if you really wanted to. Like, as soon as you get there, it's exponential, right? Yeah, yeah. The the kind of uh, ability to pull things into an existing structure and make those associative links is is way higher, right? Because you have this kind of um, scaffolding. But isn't that think, the like? It doesn't. But isn't that the nature of learning anyway? That like when you are language, you, you know, it's on the ascendance that you get to the conversational point. Like you couldn't take a different text where you go, oh, I want to get conversation, or maybe you could. I want to get conversational before I want to do anything else. Is it not just on the same arc? Yeah, but if you think about it, okay, and you say, well, how is it? How am I going to get conversational as quickly as possible? And then we go back to what we were saying a minute ago. Well if I'm looking at those fundamentals, you know, for instance, that basic structure, okay, I look at those eight sentences, I distill that structure, I embody that and I know I understand it and so on. If you're doing the kinds of things we were talking about in response to the last question, you're going to get conversational much, much quicker. There's people, you know, I I lived in Spain for a while, there's people who lived there for 20 years and they're not conversational. And why? Because, you know, they have been engaging, right? But it's just picking up dribs and drabs it's the same as the white belt who's trained in jujitsu for 10 years and, you know, doesn't just doesn't have a game, for instance, right? They don't really know what their thing is. And I, I think it's as simple as down to, well, we, I've never really thought about it. What are my strengths? Where are the real holes? And, you know, what is the inter- integrated network of stuff that then allows yeah. me to kind of have this structure from which I can, I can look up a bit and say, okay, what do I need to add? What, what can I get rid of? It's a good analogy, actually, because you, know, you talk about conversation. Conversation is a two-way thing. But if you think about, you know, you, you can become conversational in a conversation. If you're just talking, it's a, it's a different thing than it, it going both ways. And that's probably like, that's when you're getting up to the, that's the brown belt stuff, isn't it? It's like, you know, if you could aim to be conversational in jujitsu, right? At blue belt, we're probably, we're probably the only ones talking, but nobody's listening. And we keep getting pushed out of our, uh, our subject matter and we don't know what to do right or someone's telling us something interesting and we don't even know what they're we're saying we're not listening <laughs> but then like as you as you progress through your purple and your brown you're you know the, the conversation's really flowing and you're uh you're 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 engaging proper yeah so you know rob's question What's should i focus on there? dealing like, with issues or focus on the strengths i think it's it's double down on weeding out the issues but also double down on, on the strengths. And I think ultimately it's like following your strengths. You know, if we were to, if we were to put in some sort of breakdown in the numbers, I would say like, it's a, almost a 70, 30. If you, if you've got to blue belt and you've, you've good sense of the basics, you know, you're going to weed out the issues as they show up, but they're only going to show up in the way that you want them to show up by focusing on your strengths. So, really thinking about that integration that network yeah aiming for that conversationality and then and then using that as as the platform and i'm i'm saying that now because like i feel like that's almost where i'm at in my own jiu jitsu and i can see the value of it you know i'm not, i feel like i'm speaking from that position a little bit and kind of saying oh shit i wish i knew this you know, two years ago kind of thing. Yeah. You know, that kind of feeling where you're like, but, oh. but you're never going to, are you? You're, it's part of the, you're process. not going to know because I don't know how many people told me similar things and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You still have to go through it. You kind of have to go through it, but anyone who's not yet gone through it, <laughs> you know, if this lands with you, 
you will go through it and then you wish you went through it earlier. So <laughs> it's inevitable. Um, What's the third part of this question? Okay, so uh, how granular should you go? I think this is a good one too. Like, um, you know, when you're thinking about deliberate practice, what level of detail should you go with the practice? And I'm going to have a response to this that is probably going to be a bit annoying at this stage. (laughs) But I think it's the same thing in some sense, right? It's like the details come from the depth and come from the constant iteration of a practice. Like, you know, the, the quickest way to get to the details is to keep returning to the same thing over and over. So to use an analogy, people have all of a sudden found themselves, you know, having to maintain two kilometers to their house in Ireland, right? That was a, a kind of one of the rules, like you can't breach this kind of two, two kilometer boundary for the, during the lockdown. And everybody's like, Jesus, I didn't know all the things that existed around here. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like there's amazing things within two kilometers of the house, like, you know, all the walks and things to see. And geez, I never knew that house was there. And, uh, and it's like, well, why are we, why are we all of a sudden getting access to that? It's because, well, we're just sensitive to the same thing over and over again and different things start to reveal themselves. But but yeah. you need to be curious too because and that probably uh, like you say you keep going in jujitsu you keep coming back to the same thing you do it over and over again but if you're doing it over and over again without that uh, continued curiosity you you and talk about yeah. habit formation and you you end up doing something you know potentially uh, so ingrained and and poor or so ingrained and without that curiosity that you you, you just won't have the ability to veer from it and it's the yeah, same with the two kilometers thing I'm sure there's a lot of people. Uh, that had the two kilometer thing and they just sat at home. You know, there's, there's no curiosity to go, well, let's let's cover every square inch of this two kilometer and find out what's here and, and make this exciting or or I just sit at home. And, you know, the same with jujitsu, you could probably go, right, well, if I'm only doing closed guard, you know, how and, and, and you keep that curiosity up, uh, how much can I learn about it? How much, what are the little details that I can go go into? Yeah, that's a good point, I suppose. And I know there's a question you have about curiosity in that sense, but I think we we'll probably have to save that for the next day. Um, how do you keep that curiosity up and in, in, in group settings? I know you've got a, a question there, but uh, we'll probably double down on that a bit more. Yeah, that's probably a long conversation, so maybe we'll save that one. The example I use sometimes for myself, to kind of remind myself of this, is... You know, like when you're playing a video game and so like you've got all the cheats in the world and you're just like, and you're moving through levels and, you know, you're going here and going there and you're just doing the whole video game and, and you're not really, say, focused on any particular element of it. Like your ability in that situation, because the constraints are so wide and open, to actually refine your skill in any sense with respect to the finer details of the game is just, you know, the, the breadth of engagement is, is far too broad. But if you're, if you find yourself like repeating the same level over and over and over and over again, like in vid- in a video game, you can get to the point where like, you know, everything about that yeah. level. Yeah, we talked about in the podcast before where you know which block to jump on and when to hit the coins. Oh, we talked uh, about it before, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, it's a good example. It's a good one uh, uh, to repeat because, yeah, you're saying, you know, you press A at the exact block and you jump and you land exactly on the cloud at this thing and you jump up and you get to the three coins. And yeah, like right. you just think about the first level of uh, uh, Super Mario Brothers. How good is everyone at that? Because they've encountered it the most. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. And yeah, it drops off after that. But I think that, you know, that, that having your game. So like if we go back and we say, okay, you have your principles, you have your fundamentals, right? And everybody needs them, right? It doesn't matter who you are, or what game you play, you need them. But after that, you're thinking about your game. And after that, you're thinking about the finer details. Mm. And that's a constant process then. Yeah. 
And I suppose um, you will get into it, you know, as we progress through the belts ourselves. But, you know, you, you hear about the upper belts talking about funneling and stuff like that. You know, you might have a game and, you know, oh, all right, well, what about if I'm outside my game, then am I exposed? Well, if you got the fundamentals and you have the ability to funnel something we're not probably in a place to talk about yet, but I know that's certainly what upper belts do. They, 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 they funnel you into their game in every which way. And as long as they can funnel you into that, you're, uh, you're going to be back, back where they want you. Uh, yeah. It was, um, it, and I think there's, you know, there's different approaches here too. And, and maybe like this kind of hyper focus on the game is really a kind of blue belt, early purple belt, maybe purple belt vibe. Yeah. Cause I was, I was listening to Kit Dale, who's who for anyone listening who doesn't know him is a incredible teacher actually and really worth listening to him but he was talking about um his his game is actually really trying to figure out what your game is and he i suppose builds his game around the understanding that everybody else is playing a fairly contained game and what he's trying to do is kind of develop a meta game right where he could kind of Keep you out of your Resp- game. Yeah, respond to any. But he was saying, like, actually, his approach doesn't work well in competition. But if he gets to f- roll with you over and over and over again, he's going to, you know, eventually really have it over you. Yeah. Because he's he's trying to say, okay, what what is what is the habitual response of this person to all of these things that I'm doing and how can I then shut that down or counteract it or whatever? Mm. And I think, okay, last point here, because it just came to mind was Josh Waitskin in his book, The Art of Learning, which is definitely... Yeah, I'm actually listening to that at the moment on Audible. That's a great book. From what I remember of it, uh, he has a... Shout out Josh Waitskin. He is a jiu-jitsu black belt. Marcelo yeah, Garcia's f- academy Marcelo, co-owner. He was Marcelo's first black belt, wasn't he? He was actually, was he? Yeah. And he's also a chess prodigy, and now um, I think he's pretty Pushan. good. It's, Can you be a black uh, belt? Pushan's world champion. Yeah, yeah. I think he's world champion, wasn't he? And um, I think he's a stand-up paddleboarder as well at this point. But the idea the relevant idea here is he he talks about making smaller circles and i guess that's kind of what we've been talking about so you know you have your your attention is attuned in a certain way at a certain granularity when you first engage a practice and over time you know what you're doing is kind of refining the lens through which you're observing the practice and the various features, you mm. know, till you get to the point where you're, you're relying on very, very fine details to instruct you as to what's about to happen or what is happening. And, you know, expertise in a sense reflects that, right? Some people say like at brown belt, black belt and, and so on, you're, you're actually stripping back a lot of technique. Even though you know it, you're actually, kind of simplifying again and that process of simplification presumably is simultaneously simplify but also deepen and deepen by getting attuned to the finer details so you know i think granularity is a consequence of of time and focus and uh yeah i guess that's all i have to say yeah I was thinking about uh, that place, uh, Marcelo's. I went to, I trained there. I told you that before, but I trained there. Very small toilets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all. Okay. <laughs> 200, 200 lads after uh, trying to shower at the same time. But I suppose in a place like that, it's all about the mat space. Nobody cares about the, the change of facilities. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Got it. Got absolutely destroyed, anyways. That was a good uh, talk about doing them. <laughs> destroyed by white belts. I was a white belt fella, just absolutely just destroyed me. And he had no stripes in his white belt. And it felt like I was like, after it was my first day doing jujitsu. 
I think he had a wrestling background. I was asking him afterwards, but <laughs> we love that, don't we? We love saying that. <laughs> yeah, eyes oh, wrestling back. He's actually, uh, actually just just fucking Kimbo Slice's cousin or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're mad and you're like, you, you did a bit of wrestling or something in the past, or a bit of judo or something. They're like, no, no, no. The first day, no, no, you did, you did, you done, you done something. Uh, come no. on, come on, go away. First day, rugby, done something. You're athletic. Look at the muscles on you. <laughs> 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 you're like no no nothing you're like ah get out of here you're a good liar anyways uh, but um, very do you want good to, do we have time for another or we'll leave it at that no 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 we'll wrap it up uh, it's good to answer some questions because uh, you know I'm not doing any jujitsu at the moment so it's good to be you know it's, it's interesting things to talk about hopefully not too far away the other jujitsu so still, hold, still holding out hope for the tournament this man's still hanging on to that. I, I was watching UFC last night, man, in, in Vegas, and Rogan was saying that the uh, the streets are packed. There's people everywhere. Really? You know, UFC was actually good last night. I don't want to get news of the day, but they're they're doing it, you know, with the coronavirus. So I think that the competition could still happen, but I bet you there'd be no spectators, and maybe you get tested, and you know, with some kind of some, some no, I mean it should you know hopefully it will go ahead and if it can it should it's the foreign travel that's going to get me though if they still have the you know what are we two months out and if you still have the 14 day isolation it just can't happen so I don't know we'll see anyways this is interesting nonetheless we'll uh, we'll keep chatting do you want to so we should obviously plug the Twitter Mark J- <laughs> Mark M James <laughs> I'm not even going to help you out here. If you get the, the dress wrong, then best to look to you. <laughs> the email is ecobehavedesigns. Is that right? It's not. It's not. I hear. <laughs> Ecobehavedesign. Right, just hit you up on Twitter and then you can... No. I'm going to get that. <laughs> Ecobehavedesign. <laughs> is that right yeah right and the Instagram is I can't remember <laughs> eco-behavioral designs why did I make it difficult for myself <laughs> right yeah peace out <laughs>